Hello, 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 everyone. Rev Darrell here. Welcome back to the Soul Gym Podcast. If you are returning, if you are new, welcome to the Soul Gym Podcast. I have been um, doing this podcast now coming up into the second year or the second season. And... I'm always kind of circling around in my mind, um, thinking about the the core reason or teach the the core reason that I wrote the book Soul Gym and um, and what the core practices are. And as I prepare for a talk that I'm giving um, at a conference in a little over a week. Um, the, t- the title, the working title of the talk is um, Moving the Soul or Moving Your Soul. And the whole premise for me in, in this word soul, as you will see on the cover um, of the book, if you have it or if you look it up, there is a Venn diagram on the cover that says spirit mind and body and where all of those circles cross over that integration point i like to call the soul so when we experience life fully when we experience life with all of its complexity and we are present in the moment fully in our body fully in our mind fully in our spirit, that is to me the best way to um, understand or describe or experience the soul. Now, there's lots of things that you can look up and other traditions have beliefs and ideas about what a soul is and what a soul isn't and are you inherently born with a soul. And this is not so much that paradigm. It's actually not that paradigm at all. This is not about something that can be blemished. Um, This is not approaching the soul as something that needs to be saved from inherent bad or wrong. This is simply acknowledging that in the present moment is where most of our power dwells. And when we are fully present, not just intellectually, when we are fully present, not just in our body, when we are fully present, not just in our spirit and in our heart, but when all of those aspects, all those dimensions, to use that word, of ourselves are activated and and they're all present in the forefront of our awareness, that's when we have those amazing soul moments, right? I mean, it can be something like, uh, you know, amazing sex, right? It's like when you are having some amazing sex, you are fully present. You, your spirit is engaged. Your body's definitely engaged. And um, at least for me, when I've had the most amazing sex, my mind has been really engaged. Um, but think about eating a, a piece of pie or a, or a favorite food. Like when it's just so good, it's like you got to close your eyes and you drop the fork on your plate. And you're just like, mmm and eyeing. It is a visceral, emotional, mental experience. And I mean, we call it soul food for a reason, right? Like it activates something more than just your taste buds. It activates something uh, a a little bit deeper. So 
the challenge, the challenge of the human condition is that we have these soulful moments, whether it's going on vacation and seeing one of the wonders of the world, going to a beautiful spot in nature. Um, if those are the only ways that we can connect to or access our soul from this external stimulation, then um, the soul becomes conditional. The soulful moments or soulful living becomes transient and um, circumstantial because we can only access that element of ourself when something is present outside of us. Whether it's a person, whether it's a food, whether it is praise, um, whether it is a destination or a location. And don't get me wrong, like I think having all of those external stimulants, having all of those things that remind us of how good God is or how good life is, we need those reminders. The challenge is if that's the only place that we connect, then life is really can be very painful, right? That's where most of our suffering comes from. We are either uh, lamenting because something isn't present anymore, or we are hoarding, um, like manipulating life, trying to figure out a way to get the thing. And it doesn't allow us to actually access our soul, our spirit, our mind, and our body in the present moment because we're just here and breathing. This to me is where, uh, this, is, this is where our spirituality comes from. This is what spirituality is all about. It's less about having an intellectual understanding of the divine. It is doing things to experience the divine. And again, go on vacations, have the amazing food, do all of those things. Listen to the music that just moves your soul, makes you want to dance. Read the stories and watch the movies that make you cry and laugh at the same time almost. All of those things are great. And to be able to harness that visceral, palpable sense of connection to your soul that is completely generated from within, that is something that's really powerful. And not only is it powerful, it's life-sustaining. Think about, again, conditional living. Most of us know about conditional love, right? We don't want conditional love. It doesn't feel good when you... Uh, I, I don't think it feels good to give it or to receive it, right? I'll love you when, I'll love you if. Uh, you'll know you'll get affection if or when you do something or don't do something. It just, it just sets us up for um, a lot of pain and suffering. And I don't think many of us really want to give or receive conditional love. But forget about love just for a moment and just think about living. Do we want to have a conditional life? Do we want to base our value, our worth, 
our sense of wholeness and wellness based upon some conditions that are always going to be changing that we can't possibly always have access to. I don't think most of us want to live a conditional life, but that is the life that most of us live. And I put my hand up. I'm still human. I'm still struggling with all of my uh, baggage and stuff. And, 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 and it's hard. But here's the hope. Here's the, here's the silver lining. Here's the joy. Here's the possibility is that by engaging in practices and exercises that I like to call soul practices, um, by engaging in them on a regular basis, we then are moving through our days in the midst of all of the conditions that come and go, but we're connected nonetheless to source, to good, to God, to life, to universal wisdom, whatever we may want to call this thing that is no thing, but is everything. Uh, to be able to have a sense of wellness and know that the spirit of God, the spirit of life within me is the source of everything. That it's not something outside that I have to try to find. It's actually within me. We need money in our life right? It is, a, it is a manifestation of the divine. It is an energetic representation of a transfer of goods and energy to and from one another and businesses and countries. And, and, and it, it, it allows us to do transaction. But the mistake that we make, and I make this mistake a lot, is that I, I, I lose sight. And as opposed to the skills that live within me, as opposed to the wisdom that lives within me, as opposed to the knowledge and the intellect, um, the love and the care that is inherently a part of who I am, that is what I put to service in the world to receive money or to receive uh, support, to receive uh sufficiency, I lose sight that, yes, it is coming to me from outside, but what drew it in was this very source within me. Does that make sense? So to not say that the money is the source of my good, the source of my good is the power within me, the supply within me, the knowledge within me, the insight within me, that's the thing. That is the actual valuable commodity. This is the most powerful thing on the planet. You, your heart, your mind, your wisdom, your spirit, your light, your love. That's the, that's the stuff, folks. And we lose sight and think that it's somewhere out there. So to engage in practices like 
some form of prayers and affirmations, to engage in some form of meditation. Those two things together, I think, I always like to call it a complete protein. Like they, 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 they work fine by themselves, but when you put them together, they, they, they just, they, they play on one another, right? So in the world of affirmation or affirmative prayer, what some call spiritual mind treatment, depending upon the tradition that you're, uh, you may be familiar with, the basic way of praying is not so much like a beseeching or begging prayer, uh, which is based upon conditionality, right? We ask God to you know, put us in its favor or do something for us if we. That's all conditional. This is not about conditional prayer. This is using the power of our creative mind and the understanding that our, 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 our neurons, our neurology and our attention where we point it, where we focus it, is where we point it and where we focus it. So if we go into a space of praying affirmatively for the highest and greatest good in our life, for the abundance, for the health, for the love, for the job, for whatever it may be that we are trying to uh, bring into our life, if we pray affirmatively and positively knowing that it is a possibility, we are constructively using our our mind and our word, which are some of the most, you've ever heard the phrase, your word is your wand. It's not about magic that you're trying to just instantaneously make something happen. You are constructively directing your attention through your word in the direction of that which you desire. And to constantly come back to that, you are training yourself to move into the direction of the things that you actually desire. And lo and behold, the more and more we affirm these things, we grow in the tendency to move and have those things in our life. To stop the words, though, to stop the pushing energy, if you will, of prayer and sit in that receptive space of meditation where insights come, where uh, a felt sense of calm and peace and connection to the divine that has nothing to do with what's happening in the outside world to to sit in that receptive space oh man and, and and have that happen one after the other or one before the other with prayer and meditation it is just it, it's supercharged it's 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 brilliant um those are some those are foundational practices but then also engaging in writing it's, it's a lost or a losing form of wisdom, I think, partially because of our technology. We are a streamlined culture and we want things done faster. But if you want to meet your mind and see and really understand what is happening in there, to take the time to actually write down the thoughts that you are thinking and see them on a page. It is um, sometimes humbling and eye-opening in a way that you're like, holy moly, that's actually, that's actually going on inside here. Um, you can't hide from it when it's on the page. And oftentimes in that writing is where some of the most brilliant ideas uh, insights about yourself, whatever it may be, can come to pass as well. So prayer, meditation, writing, some people call it journaling, morning pages, whatever. There's lots of different ways to write. Proprioceptive writing is one of my favorites. Um, 
uh, I'll have to maybe do a whole podcast on writing. Uh, proprioceptive writing is really cool, just really quick. It is basically ritualizing your writing. So it's not just, oh, I'm going to try, you know, writing a page in my journal. You light a candle. You might put on some incense. Um, the, the book that... I think it's called Writing the Mind Alive is where I got this idea from. Um, as a way of kind of like slowing down ourselves, uh, they suggested playing Baroque classical music because it kind of has a BPM around 60 beats per minute. So it, it actually helps, you know, in terms of a reflective experience, it calms the heart and it just allows us to get into a writing space in a different way. <clears throat> And there's a, a variety of different prompts that, that are suggested. Um, but anyway, writing is, is such a brilliant thing to do. Visioning, if you're familiar with that, brought forward by Reverend uh, uh, Michael Beckwith. Um, it's a type of meditation, but it's a very specific, intentional way of asking for the wisdom that indwells life to cast a vision, to uh, give us some insight, to... Uh, support us as we move down the the road of our of our living. Do these practices. These are some fundamental ones. But then there's the practice of forgiveness. There's the practice of thanksgiving. Um, there's the practice of of just reading. Like in particular, reading something inspirational. The whole point of this talk that I'm giving in a week is do something to move your soul. The, the, the soul is not, um, is not really active in stagnation. So we need to do something to, to stay in motion. Um, not that you always have to physically move, as in with seated meditation, oftentimes you're completely still. Um, but we get into the ruts and the routines of our living where we get up, we go to work, we do the things we have to do, we come home, we eat dinner, we watch something on Netflix or read, uh, you know, a magazine or whatever it is, and then we go to sleep and we get up and we do it all over again. And we need to do all of these things in some way, shape, or form. And <clears throat> to engage in something every day that kind of disrupts that normalcy, that kind of disrupts the monotony of, of much of our living. Not that it has to be some super hyper exciting thing, um, but if all we're doing is getting up, eating meals, going to work, saying hello to our friends and lovers, our kids, and then going to bed and getting up and doing that over and over again, Yes, there's pleasure to be found in some of those things in life. And to live a soulful life requires us to be in motion, to move our soul, not to have our soul stagnant or in the background. Um, the soul doesn't really thrive well in repetition. Uh, it, needs some, it needs some juice. It needs something a little fresh. Uh, this is often why when I do one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions with people, even if they have a regular prayer or meditation or some other um, practice, I often 
work with them in finding something else to throw into the mix or maybe trying a different practice than what they've done for the past 10 years or 20 years. Not that they need to be thrown out, but to bring something in fresh every once in a while. If you think of the mindfulness teachings around the beginner's mind, when we engage in something new, we pay attention in a way that we don't when it's something familiar. Does that make sense? When we engage in something new, our attention is heightened. When we engage in something familiar, we can be passive. And the soul does not thrive in passivity. So whatever we can do to move our souls, to stir our souls, to um, jostle us, if you will, uh, it's a beautiful thing. And that is how at least I have for myself and, and have coached and, and taught many others to live a soulful life. And the reason that I chose these words, soul gym, is from the principle of exercise. With the physical body, if you don't exercise, there is no way that you're going to be either more flexible or more strong. The current level of your body's function will maintain or get worse if you don't actively do something to strengthen it and stretch it. Does that make sense? Reading about, we can get inspired to exercise. We can watch stories about people exercising. Um, we can read up on all the techniques but at some point in time, we have to move. At some point in time, we have to actually engage the body with exercises in order to foster strengthening and stretching. This is the same thing with our soul. If we are not engaged in some sort of conscious practices uh, of what I would call spiritual practices, because to me it engages us beyond what we can touch, taste, and feel and tangibly hold and understand. If we don't do something to engage those, it's not that we're a sinner. It's not that we're bad. It's not that we're going to hell. It's not that we're, we're doomed for some sort of fate. It just probably means that the current life that's being lived is okay and not great. <laughs> um, I want to live a great life, the greatest life that I can possibly live. Um, and so that is why I do the practices that I do on a daily basis. Not that I'm trying to get to some level of performance, right? Um, I just want to maintain my soul. I just want to live the most soulful life that I can possibly live um, with myself, with my wife, with my dog, with my family. Um, with my friends, with my community. Imagine for a moment if everyone in your community engaged in some sort of personal practice that brought about greater a greater sense of well-being and peace. Do you think that driving in your community would be as stressful as it is? Do you think anything that is anxiety-inducing out in the world would be quite as strong if everyone was doing some sort of practice to love up their soul? 
I think not, that it would be a very, very different world. Our political systems would be very, very different. Our financial systems would be very, very different. Our need for an industrial complex that imprisons people, that thinks that punishment somehow is going to make things better, would not exist. There's so much not to condemn how we live, but we don't have the luxury anymore, people, of not taking responsibility to care for our souls and to help one another care for our souls. If we don't, we will continue to have a world that is seemingly spiraling out of control. So join me in the challenge of spiritual practice. Join me in the challenge of activating and moving your soul some way every single day. It doesn't have to be huge. It just needs to be consistent, right? You don't have to meditate for an hour every day in order for it to benefit you. You can do it for five minutes, but doing it every day, that's the thing. You don't have to know how to, you know, do some extemporaneous powerful prayer. You just need to affirm a couple of words. I am enough. You could start there saying that to yourself every day. How might you change your relationship to life if you woke up every day reminding yourself that I am enough to be in this day, to live this day, to do the work I need to do, to love that I, that I you know, need to give and the love that I am to receive. I am enough. Life is enough. That would be really a very, very different way of stepping into uh, the day. So Soul Gym is my ministry. It is my particular way of working with people and staying consistent. And my hope with this podcast is by offering these words that they are inspirational, that week after week coming back to some of these basic fundamental ideas, it keeps uh, you accountable, it keeps you in the game, it keeps you exercising. And, um, you know, sometimes this is enough to, to, to keep the plate spinning in the right way. If you need a little bit of help, holler at me. Find me on social media. Um, my website, you can uh, email me directly. I, I don't hide any of my contact information. DarylJonesSpirit at gmail.com is my email. Please email me there. Um, I have uh, a calendaring booking system on something called heal.me. If you go there, uh, you can look up from look me up as a practitioner and do a 20-minute uh, discovery session for free, or you can book a whole hour with me. I speak at least once a month um, in person at Cityside Spiritual Community here in Chicago. Uh, I'm speaking at Unity this Sunday. I'll be speaking at a spiritual community in Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, online in March. Um, I'm speaking at this conference for centers for spiritual living is one of the keynotes um, my goal is to try to be in front of as many people as i can to inspire this work and then also to actually coach and walk with you hand in hand so let's get to it um, i've started a newsletter this year on substack that is uh, thought-provoking uh, you can sign up for that for free uh, to get uh, reminders there. There's so many ways. The most important thing is I, my intention is for you to engage in practices 
that awaken, enliven, and nurture your soul. And I hope that that has happened for you today. Thank you so much for joining me on the Soul Gym Podcast. Once again, my name is Reverend Daryl Jones. It has been a complete and total joy to be with you today. Until next time, peace and blessings.